What's up? This is Patrick Eraticards.com, and today we're going to be talking about strategy and timing of buyer behavior. Okay, so buyer behavior, aka consumer behavior, is a management theory that examines the mental transactions associated with the purchasing habits of individuals and or groups. Okay, so it essentially analyzes their emotional and behavioral responses that precede, follow, and or influence acts of consumption. Right, so how do I feel about this purchase before I buy it? Like, what am, what am I thinking about it before I buy it? How do I feel after I buy it? Okay, a lot, there's what's called um, uh, cognitive dissonance or buyer's remorse. Some of us will buy something and immediately after we'll feel remorse over it. Like, oh, I shouldn't have bought that. That was sort of an impulse buy. Now I regret it. Now what do I do? A lot of us have had that. You know, um, we are influenced to make those decisions um, last minute at cash wraps all the time, big box stores will have you like uh, serpentine an aisle of like small tidbit last minute buys because they want you to make those impulse buys. We're interacting with these stimuli uh, on an almost daily basis when we're out and about um, uh, at like big box stores, like I said, electronic stores, um, any place that has like large uh, what do I say, like, like big warehouse style shopping experiences, uh, you're going to come across and, um, and interactions where you're presented with extra decisions, either to buy or not to buy. Okay. And um, we as collectors come across these things all the time. I, I do it when I buy something or I commit to a buy on eBay, and then I go through and see the seller's other items. I'm like, well, what else do they have that I didn't actively seek out? Maybe they have something else I can couple my couple into the shipping cost. So I started doing that probably in 2009, 10, right in there. And now I do that as a regular. I just double check to make sure there's nothing else or if there is something um, that, I, that I want in their inventory. And if not, I check out. And if so, I say, hey, I see how long it is. If it's like, you know, four days out or to next day or same day. If it's beyond the scope of their uh, combined shipping parameters, so for example, if they say something like combining shipping for all the way up to seven days, you know, then I can buy within a seven-day block and combine shipping for everything in that seven-day block. But if it's beyond that, I might reach out to the seller and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, I I just made a purchase, but you have another item that ends in like like eight days. It's beyond your seven-day scope." Uh, how do you feel? What, you know, is it okay if I'm able to wait it out to combine the shipping or, you know, what, what makes the most sense to you? And I'm okay cashing out and then buying that other item, you know, a week and a day later, whatever. Uh, I just like to get the kind of like uh, heads up from the seller to see kind of feel what they, what makes most sense to them. So that's kind of just, you know, a side, a side tip, but you know, you might not think it, but as a collector, your emotions play an integral role in your hobby pursuits. Every purchase is made with some sort of an intent, right? You don't just make purchases without a decision. Like they don't just happen automatically without your thinking. You, you are interacting with a decision and you process the completion of that decision and then you make you remit payment and then you wait. That's the online piece, right? But when you're in person, obviously that, is, that transaction's quite a bit faster more serendipitous even because you don't have an active pursuit to 
you know, guarantee a purchase. Even online, you don't, but at least you have an ID. You start to search things out. It's less serendipitous in that way. So I want to talk to you about a strategy that I've been implementing for years. And I um, came up with this name for this strategy and this definition for this strategy. And it's called strategic emotional latency. Okay. Here's a definition of my, my term. Strategic emotional latency is the act of intentionally delaying an emotional response until some point in the future after the interaction of a stimulus, okay? So knowing you're going in to interact with some buying, you know, in some, some buying activity, like you're, you're planning, like you're going to a show or a shop. Let's say that you are going to a show that's like on the weekend, Okay, let's let's use that for an example out of the gate. It's like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or just Saturday and Sunday, or just Saturday. It's a limited amount of time. And then it's over until you have to wait for the next one. Okay. The first question you have to ask yourself, okay, should I scrutinize car conditions at card shows? Okay, think about that for a minute. You had a card show, you're going through a pile of cards. All right, you're pulling one out. I'm like, wow, that's, let me look at the condition. Meanwhile, there's an entire room of other dealers and they're only there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or Saturday and Sunday, or Saturday only, or some limited amount of time. And meanwhile, you're spending time looking at the condition of a card that is maybe a dollar, right? It's cheap. Let's just say, I mean, heck, it might be a little bit more expensive than that. Whatever the case, you went there to see as much of the show as you can, hopefully, right? And here you are spending minutes, if not maybe hours even, scrutinizing the condition of a card. Meanwhile, you've spent that amount of time of the whole show experience scrutinizing the condition of maybe a car with a nominal value. Okay, here's what I recommend you do. We're going back to my strategic emotional latency uh, strategy, right? Put off that concern until you get home that night. Just if you know you're interested in the card, buy it and deal with scrutinizing its condition later, okay? This is really important because then you can take that time and use it to your advantage to see other things in the show floor. I was at a show in 20, I think it was 17. I bought a bunch of 1969 top Sparky Lyle rookie cards. Okay, the reason why I did that because I it was a rookie and I wanted it for my my vintage box and I kept coming across them for like a dollar, two bucks. I'm like, they're so cheap. I'm just going to buy them all. I, I sat there for a while and I was comparing conditions of like five different ones. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm at the National, the biggest convention of all year. And I'm scrutinizing the condition of a nothing card from 69 tops. Okay. I'm just going to buy them all, deal with it when I get back to my hotel or home. Like, who cares? <laughs> so I did that. And I took that time and parlayed it into better experiences or, or better use of my time with other booths at the show. Okay, so if you're at a show, understand that it's a limited thing per year or whenever it is in the frequency that it exists and respect that and try to make the most. Like if you're out 10 or 20 more bucks, but you saved that much more of your time, let's say you've, you've just saved an hour and you've spent 10 more dollars because you scrutinized 10 cards that were a dollar and instead of buying one, you bought all 10. Is your time worth more than 10 bucks? Well, of course it is. So you actually saved money because you saved an hour of your time. So you're going on and shopping other bargain bins and whatever. It's really important. Okay. Now, 
The other piece of this, okay, is this number two. That was number one. Number one was, should I scrutinize car conditions at card shows? We just discussed it. Number two, do I pass over stuff I'm uncertain I want in bargain bins? Okay. So this is interesting because we all go through bargain bins and we'll like find something. Do I want that? I don't know. And then I kind of like leave it in the stack and then put it back. And then it, it haunts you that night. And you're like, I got to go back and get that. It's gone. Can't find the booth. Can't find the card box. You can't even find the row in which it existed that when you found it. And now you're like beating yourself up that you didn't buy it the first time you saw it. Okay. Here's my strategy for you. We're going back to my strategic emotional latency term. Deal with that stuff later. Just set that card aside. If there's any interest, any at all, like 1% of 100, just put it aside. Okay, put it in the stack of stuff you're going to negotiate for with the seller later after you've gone through the box, whatever. Maybe if it's a nominal cost, just buy it and deal with it later. It's Even if it's a loss, you're like, oh, I spent a dollar on this and I, I don't want it. Well, then who cares? The buck. Doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't matter. So even if it's a five dollar, we're the like chipping away here. This is like like this is your trivial trivialities, right? So it's small. Just set it aside. Don't keep it there because you won't regret it later. And that's something like we do. We we we're like I don't know if I want that. There was a time in two thousand nine, I think maybe eight. I used to um, on the way to business school in my office. I would stop by at the card shop because it was on the way. And I'd go through the bargain bins, one dollar bins. Guy had like. A whole row of super shoe boxes broken out by sport and in sport they were just thrown in there like any which any which order and i remember there were two cards they were refractors from 96 and i didn't buy them one t- one pass through and then that night i like ate at me so i went back the next day and i couldn't find them i even helped had the owner help me and we couldn't find them it was just it was gone done and it was years later and that i ended up finding them on ebay but that's the thing is like in a bargain bin it's not worth your time to beat yourself up over something that's a dollar. It's not even worth your energy. Just set it aside, buy it, and deal with the like the like emotional response at a later time. Right? So that's number two. Okay, do I pass over stuff I'm uncertain I want in bargain bins? Okay. Number three. Is the World Series a good time to shop on eBay? Right? When the World Series is happening. Is that a good time to peruse eBay? Yes, it's a very, very, very good time. This is kind of outside of the scope of my emotional latency uh, like dialogue here, but it is at the same time a, a, a time in which you should pay attention to like how markets react to milestones in the hobby and in the world, essentially. Like the World Series is a milestone. It's an annual milestone. So we got two teams, right? Whatever two teams exist. As that week is progressing and games are being won and lost, okay, have some budget set aside for that week, whether it be like a couple hundred bucks, whatever, whatever your buying power looks like. Set aside some amount of funds because that week, it's been my experience that when I shop for cards depicting players on either of the teams featured in the World Series, for that span of time in October, all kinds of interesting things surface because people are trying to capitalize on what's happening in the market. This isn't really dissimilar from stock values, right? Something happens in a market that's negative and then stocks reflect that, they go down. Something happens in the market's positive, 
stocks reflect that. They go up, right? You see the interaction between politics and stocks all the time. It's been going on since the beginning of those two things. So we can see this in markets of sports as well, that the World Series happens, Super Bowl happens, Stanley Cup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can interact with those things by seeing how the market reacts to uh, like taking advantage of the milestones that are happening at the, as it's unfolding. So if you collect a player or interested in collecting a player on one of the teams featured in the, in, in the World Series, go on eBay and start looking at like cards depicting them. You will, at least in my experience, come across or have at least a highly likelihood of coming across a lot of interesting pieces that during that cup, that two week span, that week block, whatever that, that time frame, right? And so have some funds set aside to, you know, be a competitor if, if you want to be, uh, to get some, some of that stuff. Now that some might argue that's a bad time to buy because that's when the market's really hot and you want to buy when the market's cold with the anticipation or expectation or hopeful assumption that it will become hot at a later time and you bought at a good time. So for example, in 2013, I bought Zach Granke's 2002 UD Premier's rookie card, the autographed one, PSA 10, it was like 40 bucks, but that was when he was injured, right? And so he was down, it was a good time to buy. Now that card, because he's he has a World Series, he's on a World Series contending team, uh, or he, you know he's, he's done really well for himself, it's it's arguably a you know bad time to buy right now because he's dominant right so i'm kind of just talking about this because what i've realized is that buying trading cards or sports cards online um is 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 a timing thing you know it's 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 a good time to buy because a lot of interesting things surface at least that's been my experience but some might argue it's a bad time to buy because of that experience that that will happen and you'll pay more because a lot of people are looking for that stuff. Yeah, there are arguments on both ends of this. You have to pick out which side of the argument you want to like take advantage of, right? Do you want to be the guy who has some funds left over or set aside specifically to take advantage of the um the 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 pieces that surface during the 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 milestone events, the World Series? Or do you want to like watch all that stuff surface and be sold for high dollar and then hope that it'll surface again, you know, later when it's softened and then you know, it's an off season, so to speak. Okay. So I want to talk about those things and kind of how and when to apply timing and emotions to your, your buying behavior. Like when you buy as a collector, um, at what times during the year you're buying at what instances you're applying your emotions to your purchasing decision because there have been times that I've been at a bargain bin for like three and a half hours and let's say I pulled out like twenty dollars worth of cards I've spent three and a half hours of my life to spend twenty dollars now my time is worth way more than twenty dollars I've talked about this before is like your time value versus how much you're you're spending to, uh, as a uh, after that amount of time has passed so like, for example, let's say my time is worth $150 an hour. Well, I, if I'm spending three and a half hours, you know, I should actually be spending $525 to make up for that lost time. That's an important point to make because it helps prevent you from getting lost in the moment and 
it, it allows you to better strategize how you're going to interact with that context, whether it be a card shop, a card show, a convention. Convention's mission critical for stuff like this. Like, don't waste your time can, scrutinizing five different copies of a card from 69 Tops in the beater bin. Just buy them all and deal with it later. <laughs> you know, deal with it when you get back to your hotel or when you get home. You know, take the time to really take advantage of where you are. Be completely aware of that. That's really, really important stuff. So I just want to discuss that because the strategy of strategic emotional latency that I've been using for a while, and I've actually titled this because it makes sense to me, uh, gave it a definition. It's really important for me to kind of like apply that in every instance. I hope this podcast was educational for you, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Radicards podcast and Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno, and until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.